In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come. We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. You shall see and be radiant. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. And they fell down and worshiped him. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Although God has graciously showered the light of his love on us, we've not always responded in lives of total devotion. But because he has graciously promised to forgive, we go to him in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Gracious Heavenly Father, we confess that we have let the distractions of this world turn our eyes from seeing the true light. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. Forgive us and renew in us hearts to see, follow, and worship you alone. In the mercy of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father sent his Son to take to the cross all our sins, and his Holy Spirit has graciously shined the light of faith in Christ into our hearts. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. be with you. Let us pray. O God, by the leading of a star, you made known your only begotten Son to the Gentiles. Lead us, who know you by faith, to enjoy in heaven the fullness of your divine presence. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. 
Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah, the 60th chapter. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from Ephesians, the third chapter. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations as it has been now revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route.
grace, mercy, and peace from our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man. Growing up with my family, the holidays custom was to take the Christmas tree and decorations down on New Year's Day. We did this because we thought it was bad luck to have the Christmas tree up until the next year. So Christmas magically disappeared at the stroke of midnight on January the 1st. Now, I agree with Brother Merritt, Marriott that radio stations, stores, pretty much on the 26th of December, that's the last of the Christmas music you're going to hear till next year. But last Thursday, while shopping at PetSmart with Kathy, we found something amazing coming through the speakers were Christmas carols. And I thanked the, one of the workers on the floor for still providing Christmas. And when I informed her that Christmas still ran until the 6th, it put a warm smile on her face. The problem is not when we take down the Christmas tree, the Christmas decorations, or stop playing Christmas music. What's more disturbing is the fact that it seems that that's everyone's signal that Christmas is over when the decorations go into the closet. And what we have to be cautious of as Christians is that we don't pack up Jesus with our decorations to be thrown into the closet until next year. Plus, as Christians, our Christmas festival of Christ's birth lasts for 12 days. Until Christmas, 12 days after Christmas. And we, until we celebrate the Epiphany, which is tonight. When we think about the Epiphany, there's several pictures that come to mind. The banner behind me with the wise men and the shepherds all gathered in a manger to see the newborn king. Our song that we'll sing later in the service, We Three Kings of Orient Are. But there's a number of things to keep in mind regarding both the manger scene and our hymn. First, scripture states, depending upon the translation you're using, is that the visitors were magi or wise men, astronomers or astrologers. What they were not is kings. Secondly, scripture does not give a real number of how many magi slash wise men showed up. The third thing is the magi did not come from the Orient, which we now know as the Far East, but actually came from Babylon or Persia, what we now know as modern Iraq and Iran. More and most importantly, the Magi were not in this scene. This is what, instead, this is what scripture tells us where the baby Jesus was when the Magi came. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until he came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Now we know the Magi arrived before Herod gave his infamous order that sent the family fleeing to Egypt. And Matthew tells us, Exactly, we don't have to guess, exactly where the Magi met our Savior and his family. And it was at their house, their home. 
One of the reasons we assume that there were three kings is because there were three gifts. It makes sense. Three kings, three gifts. However, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, actually there is more meaning behind the gifts than there are about the number of gifts that there were. Gold was a gift for royalty. So when the Magi spoke to Herod, they asked where they could find the newborn king of the Jews. And in bringing the infant Jesus gold, the Magi acknowledged that they believed that this is the prophesied king. Frankincense was normally used in the temple as a sweet-smelling offering to God. So this choice of gift acknowledges that the Magi know that this child is the son of God. And this also symbolizes that our Lord is going to be the ultimate sacrifice to save us. And myrrh is often a reminder of death because it's used as perfume in the embalming process. And our Lord and Savior will die. He'll die on the cross only to rise three days later. So we have the Magi from a heathen foreign country, Gentiles, that once held Israel in captive, no less, have come to honor the newborn king, Jesus. The Magi offered gold to the king of kings. The Magi offered frankincense to the Lord of lords. And finally, the Magi offered myrrh to the one who would die for all creation and save us from Satan, death, and sin. And more importantly, keep us from being separated from God throughout eternity. So when the Magi came, they brought their best gifts. And we do the exact same thing because we bring our first fruits, no matter how small they are, to our Lord in offering. Now when the Magi arrived in Jerusalem, they first went to King Herod because if you want to find a new king, who better to ask than the current king? Well, at least that's what they thought. And when they arrived at Jerusalem and told the great news to the people that a new king is born about the star that has led them there, you would think that Jerusalem would have been just rejoicing and glad with this great news that they have received. Except it was not good news for Jerusalem, mostly because of Herod. Matthew tells us in verse 3 that when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Now, the Magi had no idea of the type of man that Herod was. And so when, they asked the king, so when he asked the Magi to tell him where Jesus was after they visited him, they didn't think anything of it. They had no clue as to what Herod was planning for the baby Jesus. Herod the Great... He was an astute politician. He was a clever and vicious warrior. Herod could be compassionate when he wanted to be, though. There was a famine a few years before Christ was born, and Herod took his own personal items out of the palace. Gold had it melted down and sold so that the people would have money. And occasionally, Herod would give a tax refund to the poor or the struggling so they would not have to struggle anymore. But there's another side to Herod. Herod could be cruel, 
vicious, and he was a jealous king whose answer to most threats, murder. Herod killed his first wife, their three children. He killed his mother-in-law. Later in life, as he grew closer to death, Herod ordered the arrest of a hundred of Jerusalem's most respected citizens with orders that at the moment of his death, these hundred people would be put to death with him so that Jerusalem would be mourning and crying, even if it wasn't for Herod. Brothers and sisters, now that's evil on a whole different level. Let's contrast the newborn king with the current king. Jesus did not come to, to condemn the world, but to save it. Jesus did not use his power for his own gain, but to bring us salvation. Jesus is the prince of peace that surpasses all understanding. During Jesus' ministry, he healed the sick. He freed people from demon possession. He forgave people of their sins. He raised the dead to life. Jesus carried the sins of the whole world. And as, at the time when it came for Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus went to the cross with a criminal's punishment. But as Christ suffered on the cross, he forgave his executioners. And he forgave the sins of a real criminal that was being executed with him. The Magi, even though they were Gentiles, recognized Jesus as the prophesied one. That he is, and they bow down, and they worship him. The Magi had found in their travels not only a king, but a faith, a religion like no other on earth. Because faith in Christ, which we know and recognize as Christianity, is the only religion in which the believer must come to understand that they cannot save themselves. And they come to understand that without someone to intervene, we are doomed to be forever separated from God. And it is only by the grace that is given through Christ's works that we can only believe through the working of the Holy Spirit that we can be reconciled back to God. There is no other belief in which the Creator reaches down to the created and save them. Now the most amazing part of this story is the ending. Remember the request from Herod that, that he wanted the Magi to come back and tell Herod the location of the newborn king so he could kill him. Oh, I mean, worship him. Well, God was not tricked by Herod's scheming. God alerts the Magi to Herod's treachery and the Magi go home on it by a different route, a route back both on the road and in their hearts. That is an entirely new journey for the Magi. The Magi have seen their savior and acknowledged and worshiped him. Their hearts have been changed. Christ has changed them as he changed us. And they go home by a different route, actually wiser than when they came to Jerusalem. Because we know this because Proverbs tells us that fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. We know the rest of Christ's story. We know where the journey leads us. It leads us to the cross, where we receive the greatest gift we could ever hope for. We have been freed from the bondage of sin, promised eternal life with our triune God forever. Christ's redeeming grace and love. This is why we should celebrate Christmas year-round. Because we receive the gift through Christ that keeps on giving. We also go home a different route because we have been changed as well. By being changed by the baptism of Christ's word and water. Being fed his word through the proclamation and teaching of his word. Being fed Christ's true body and blood which we will share shortly. And we will share it with the saints. And we've been changed because of Christ and the cross. Christ's sacrifice and love for us through the Holy Spirit leads us to love and worship our Savior for what he has done for us. A new direction that will lead us to worship and praise and adore the true King, our Savior, Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please rise as we confess our faith in the belief of our true Savior and our triune God in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and the one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. God is the Father before all worlds. God of God, life of life, very God of very God, begotten not made, in evil of substance of the Father, by whom all things are created, who for us sin and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit, the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us as a conscious pilot. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to the judge of the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. Now I give the Holy Spirit, glory and your bright light, who proceeds with the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I
stand for prayer. Creator of light, we praise you during these darkest weeks of the year that you do not leave us in spiritual darkness. When you spoke the word of creation, there was light. When your people wandered in the valleys of deep spiritual darkness, you sent your son Jesus as the light of the world. Let the light of your grace shine upon your people, O Lord. Beautiful Savior, Lord of the nations, you were not afraid to enter the darkness of our world, sharing the plight of your people and the temptations that plague us all. You willingly endured the darkness of the cross so that we might be forgiven of our sins and live in the light of your resurrection. Let the light of your grace shine upon your people, O Lord. Holy Spirit, you enlighten us with your gifts. We ask your blessing upon our congregation. We ask you to guide our congregation to many with whom we can share the light of the gospel. And we ask that you empower us to share your word and love at home, at work, and in our neighborhoods. Let the light of your grace shine upon your people, O Lord. Lord God Almighty, give your healing grace to the sick, the suffering, the dying, and those who mourn. Let the light of your grace shine upon your people, O Lord. Holy Trinity, source of all light, you give us more than we desire or deserve. Provide us with what we need, for you live and rule as the source of our life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Lord God, we praise and we thank you for the mercy that you share with us in the gift of Jesus Christ. Through his word and baptism, he brought us salvation. And through this holy meal, he gives us the gift of himself, his true body and blood, in, with, and under the bread and the wine. In his sacraments, there is forgiveness of sins. So also there is life and salvation.
We come joyfully to the light of Jesus Christ, who has come to us today. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. You may be seated.
If we stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. Trusting in your gracious forgiveness, we pray that we see you accompanying us each day, follow where you lead, and give you praise and worship in all that we say and do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together, O God of God, O light of light.